Hello, and welcome to True Crime with Joy. I'm your host, Joy, and today we're going to be talking about the case of Shonda Sharer. So today we're going to be talking about this beautiful young woman who was brutally assaulted, you would say, by her friends. And honestly, that is so shocking. Because when I was a kid, I didn't think kids would be that mean. You know, there's bullying, there's certain things that, you know, are out of control. But honestly, when I was a child, I just played outside and, you know, watched YouTube. I don't even know if we had YouTube then. (laughs) And um, what's really sad is that teenagers can be ruthless, you know. Um, You go through school, you go through life. I have my friend here. Her name is Erin. And we've been friends for like five years. And I'm going to ask her a few questions so you guys get, you know, the premise of the story. So, so Erin. So. So, what did you do as a child? Were you popular? No. I was the crazy child. Then again, I still am the crazy one. Did you have any hobbies? Uh, playing outside. I grew up in the 90s back when uh, they gave you the boot. And uh, you weren't allowed to come in until the uh, street lights came on. So, yeah, pretty much uh, ran the cul-de-sac. So that was fun. Did you live in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Not at the time. Um, I grew up in D.C., uh, in the D.C. area, and then moved out to um, the countryside when I was in sixth grade. My parents packed up our uh, stuff and moved us out to the countryside, ten and a half acres, and I love it out there. It's beautiful now. Were you bullied as a kid? Yes. Um. So for those, well... You guys probably don't know anyways, but (laughs) Um, for those who are not my friends and family, uh, I have pointy elf ears and my... She's adorable, by the way. (laughs) My entire childhood, um, I got bullied, uh, chased around the playground and everything. So I've always been self-conscious of my ears and it wasn't until my wonderful boyfriend uh basically forced me to love my ears and forced me to put my hair up that you know I have finally accepted them oh that was sweet were you homeschooled <laughs> um so up until 10th grade um I was reading at a third grade level um for the well Again, you guys don't know me, but um, I had a learning disability. Reading was always hard for me. And so um, after 10th grade, my mom pulled me out of high school. And the first year, we just read classic novels. And now I'm reading at a usual, you know, adult level. (laughs) Do you have any mental health issues? Oh, where do we begin? Uh, depression, anxiety. Um, I am bipolar type two, which is basically where my depression, I have manic depression. So when I'm not under my meds, it's a roller coaster of fun emotions. And were you bullied for that? Not bullied. Well, unless you count bullying myself in my head. Have you ever thought about being violent? To others? Yes. No. To myself, um, I will admit, I used to suffer. Again, under the meds, I don't. But when I was not under my meds, I had very bad suicidal thoughts. And I had attempted suicide multiple times um, through my pre-teens to late 20s until I was under meds. And would you say that people who suffer with mental health have a harder time, like, coping in life without medication and counseling? 
Absolutely. Um, and, you know, if you're out there listening and you do have depression or anxiety, go seek help. Um, you know, I struggled for many, many years and just kind of dealt with it on my own, didn't really deal with it, just kind of brushed it under the rug. Um, and, you know, that's not the healthy way to deal with it. You got to face it head on, seek help. That's the best thing you can do. And did your parents support you in the mental health or were they just like, did they just brush it under the rug? Or did they like guide you through what to do and things like that? My mom was very supportive. Um, My dad, I love him very much. Dad, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, No, but you know, my dad, um, not really brushed it under the rug. But more so, just, you know, it was very much, oh, well, you're okay. You just need to, you know, get outside and get exercise. Which, you know, that is definitely part of it. But definitely medication is a huge part of it, too. Um, Because mental illness is nothing to be ashamed of. We all have some burden that we carry. And you just, you know... You got to seek help sometimes, and that is okay. Yeah, it's okay not to be okay, right? Absolutely. So, do you think people who are, like, you know, coping in silence can, you know, develop, like, violent tendencies? Like, depending on what their mental health diagnosis would be? Um, yeah, I think it's possible, definitely. Um, you know, if you don't seek the right help or if you don't seek help at all, you know, it can definitely eat you up inside and it can bring a lot of hate and just negative, uh, feelings. Um, you know, and that can... Even though if those negative feelings are towards yourself, eventually they're going to bubble over and you're going to unleash it onto other people. Again, medication and seeking help is the best way to deal with things. Do not let it bubble over and unleash on other people because that is not the healthy way to deal with things. And also another question is, do you think that a lot of people are like ashamed you know, to admit that they have mental health problems. And then on top of that, do you think that that can be excused, like, for a crime? Like, oh, I have, you know, depression or I have paranoia, you know what I mean? Can that contribute to, you know, is that an excuse or is that just an added factor? Or what do you think? Um, you know, I definitely... Mental health is not an excuse. Everybody has mental health issues, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, I'm sure I haven't looked up the statistics, but I'm sure statistically a lot of people have mental health issues and everything, and they just, they don't say anything because society, unfortunately, doesn't, You know, it kind of puts a bad spotlight on mental health issues. And, you know, that needs to change. Um, But I do not think that it's an excuse for any crime at all. You know, if it doesn't matter if you have mental health issues. There's no excuse Mm -hmm. for unleashing it onto anybody else. Not an excuse at all, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've probably heard a lot of cases where, you know, they're like, oh, they had a rough upbringing or, you know, like, oh, well, this person has this and, you know, that's why they did this or that attributed to that. So, um, in this case, we're going to see a lot of that where it's like, so the case is about Shonda Cher, and um, she has three or four friends, so-called friends, 
that decide to basically be the judge, the jury, and the executioner for her. And these these children are like 15. 12, she was 12. You know? So, honestly, I feel like kids can be brutal. And the sad thing is if you're not raised, like, right and wrong and, you know, mm-hmm. that can attribute, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, and I can speak from experience. Um, not going to say any names. But uh, a past relationship, he was very mentally and emotionally... Um, not physically, but mentally and emotionally uh, abusive. And his excuse was always, oh, well, you know, that's how my dad acts. And so that's, you know, what I know. That's still not an excuse. I don't care if you have mental health issues. I don't care if that's your upbringing. There's no excuse for it at all. Um... And, you know, him lashing out did damages to me. But, again, I've seeked out help. And I am on the proper medications. I did therapy for eight-plus months, and I'm still in uh, therapy talking about everything. Um, But, yeah, there's no excuse. I don't care about upbringing. I mean, yes, it sucks. If you come from a dark background, that sucks. But seeking mental health, or seeking help, um, is, you know, it's the way to go. Unleashing it on anybody else is not the right thing to do. So... We've been friends for, you know, like five, six years. We met in school, like college school kind of thing. And we had issues, you know, at the beginning. Well, we admit that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? oh, oh, yeah. We, we had problems. We could tell you stories. <laughs> but I don't think we've ever been violent to each other. No. You know, even though we might have not talked for a little bit. We weren't like, oh, I want to hurt her. No, not at all. Yeah. yeah, so. We just avoided each other. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, if you have a beef with someone, that's the best thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be like, oh, I'm going to do this to you and no. that. No, not at all. And, you know, things work out. Either, you know, you can either get have beef with somebody and let it go. And just go about, or you can, um, you know, let it eat you up. But you know, Joy and I moved past it, and now look at us—we're best friends. Wow. And the thing—the funny thing is, I thought we were never going to be friends <gasps> again because yeah. at first we were fighting over a guy. So you know yeah, that well. how that goes. <laughs> you know how that goes. Oh yeah. And honestly, we're going to do a vi- we're going to do a recording later about how some advice on don't date the same man. <laughs> not th- not at the same time, don't get it twisted, no. but we definitely no. He definitely like swapped us back and forth at times. And I think it's my turn to date him and no thank you. No, it's technically <laughs> technically my turn but i'm taking oh it. yeah that's technically her turn but you know we'll talk more about that later <laughs> let's take a break all right so guys we're back Woo-hoo. and we were just talking on break that uh Aaron is drinking a sparkling ice caffeine like drink and she's like i wish they would sponsor us or me because it's my yeah. podcast and i'm over here like, if I say that, they might think that's actually true. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, really? No, this is our first episode, or my first episode, so that's not going to be for a while. Yeah. But, Sparkling Ice, if you guys want to sponsor her, do it. Do it! <laughs> She's we're, amazing! We're special. But, um, yeah, back to this case. So, let me tell you a little background. Mm-hmm. Tell me the story. So grab a snack. 
grab a drink. I got both. But we don't have wine. We, we no alcohol? Love, we love beer. We love wine. We're beer and wine connoisseurs. What's uh, your go-to? Because mine is coconut rum. I could drink an entire bottle in one night. Kill my liver, but... Oh. I like... It depends on the mood. You know, depends on the day. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a rough day, just crack open a beer. It, like I you saw the other day. I just like slammed open the fridge. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, uh, pretty sight. I'm just sitting over here on my computer. She comes downstairs. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit in my corner over here. And she's like, grab me one too. Yeah, pretty much. Am I wrong? No. I'm always up for day drinking. It wasn't during the day, it was after work. Thank you. Just to preface, we do not day drink during the week. Thank you. During the week. But let's make that clear. She said during the week. That's day drinking. If it's four o'clock, it's four o'clock somewhere, right? Five. Five o'clock? Whatever. <laughs> and, um, have you guys had Bud Light next? It is so good. Again, Bud Light, if you guys want to sponsor her, she's awesome. I would love that. Imagine Bud Light sponsoring me. Right? <laughs> They'd be like, send me some free cases of beer. <laughs> then I would not be healthy. Because, guys, I'm trying to do keto and it's a struggle. Yeah. How's that going for you? Look, Aaron's been visiting for a week and we've had, we've made poor dietary choices. Dietary? Also, l- poor liver choices. That too, but not every day. Well, yeah, never mind. Let's uh, let's hush that for now. <laughs> so, um, I was gonna say something I forgot. Get to the story. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we're gonna talk about Shonda Sharer because we finally are getting to the case and not taking five years to talk about it. So Shonda Sharer was born. In 1979, on June 6th, in Pineville, Kentucky. Kentucky? Isn't that where Kentucky Fried Chicken's from? Um, pretty sure. Mm. And now, Shauna's parents, Steve, Cher, and Jacqueline, her parents are divorced, divorced now. Uh, okay, like, what? <laughs> but, so her mother remarried, like, twice. Oh, wow, Okay. <laughs> And got divorced twice. Mm, very nice. So, um, Shonda was a bubbly 12-year-old girl who led a normal life and made friends easily. Not me. You are bubbly. Okay. Let's hush that. This is about her. I am bubbly, but I do not make friends easily. Except for Joy. Yes. But frenemy enemy, you know? Yeah. And now I'm going to show you a picture of Shonda because she was so beautiful. Look at her. This is her. Wow. She she is beautiful. And who would do that to a child? Seriously. So, um, Shonda loves school dances. Have you ever been to a school dance? Yes. Was it fun? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just Um, say something. (laughs) Not yes, not no. It was something to remember. <laughs> yeah, because Aaron thinks that we can read her lips over here, and we're not on video. Good thing, because I have stage fright. I'd be like, what? No. Anyways, um, so she loved school dances. I was a very awkward child. I had like pimples everywhere. You know, I went to school dances. I didn't dance. I just stood there like. I literally talked to the teachers like they were my besties. I'm like, hey, what's up? And the other kids are over here, you know, doing their dance moves like karate chopping and some weird things. When I was in school, listen, when I was uh, in school, I had to turn my eyes from the other kids because um, they were doing some um, very inappropriate dances that sixth graders should not be doing <laughs> with their uh, significant others. Yeah. Um, we'll leave it at that. Yep. This is not a well it is explosive kind of. That's why I should have said at the beginning guys this is my first episode. This is a problem. 
So there's going to be a trigger warning, of course, because this is a little... This is graphic. She had a very brutal ending. We'll just leave it at that for now until the end because we don't want to, you know, give it away. Mm -hmm. So let's see. So um, Shonda met Amanda Harvin in Hazelwood, Kentucky in 1991, and they would eventually become romantically involved mm. and Shauna's mother was not pleased with this mm. okay so Shonda's mother basically said that Amanda ruined Shonda like morally what she said she was grooming her grooming yes how so because Shonda was 12 and Amanda was 16 Oh, okay. Even though people have said that it was consensual and sh- and Shonda liked Amanda like romantically. Mhm. Okay. But from well, I'm not a parent, so I would say from my mother's point of view, that's, you know, a little that's a age gap for a child. For a child. Um yeah, not about me, but I can't just I cannot uh, speak upon it myself because, um, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yep. <laughs> so, um, honestly, I think that her mother had a right to worry, yeah. but we're hearing from a lot of different people that, like, on the internet, that it was consensual, mm-hmm. and there wasn't any, like, you know, forcible, you know, like. You know, she didn't actually groom her. And I've seen videos with Dr. Phil where she's on it. She's like, I loved her, you know. Nothing like that. You know. So, Shonda, not Shonda, um, I'll cut that out. (laughs) So, Amanda had a very toxic ex. Have we ever had any of those? I can't count on hand how many I've had. Yes, so Amanda had a very toxic ex, and they were very jealous of this newfound relationship. So, honestly, this is very interesting, because her last name is Loveless. Like, Loveless. Yeah, like, she loved less, I guess. Dating. <laughs> yeah. Dating. So, um, so, yeah, so Melinda, her name's Melinda Loveless. She sounds like a grandma. (laughs) She looks like one, too. (laughs) Okay, so Melinda um, was dating Amanda for more than a year before this happened. And Melinda would eventually threaten Shonda in public and threaten to end her life. Mm Mm-hmm. How crazy do you have to be to threaten somebody in public? At school. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so Melinda basically told Shonda that she blamed Shonda for stealing Amanda away from her and that if she couldn't have her, no one could. Wow. And she didn't get in trouble for this. Well, apparently, I don't know where the adults were in this situation, you know, at school, but this is 1979. Mm. Things were very different different and kind of chill, like in schools and stuff. Yeah, not so much today, which is a good thing. Yeah. But, um, so, in October the same year that um, Shonda and Amanda met. They attended the school dance together. And this was a big problem for Melinda. Mm, I'm sure it was. So Melinda actually confronted both of them and um, like yelled at Shonda like, you took my girlfriend away from me. Even though that was her ex-girlfriend. Interesting. So this was at the dance that she yes. did this. Where were the adults? I don't know. That's my question. <laughs> Where were these adults, so-called adults? Mm-hmm. Cha- what happened to chaperones? When I went to dances, they were everywhere. Right. They were like in the bathroom, in the in the everywhere, in the parking mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Literally, like 
They probably have binoculars mm-hmm. sitting in their cars. <laughs> Anybody there? Yeah. They were like, they were smelling the punch. They were doing everything. Because <laughs> you never know. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, kids spike punch at my school, but I never drank it because I was a goody-goody back then. I didn't do anything with my life, honestly. Okay, so back to them. So, yeah, so Shonda's mother eventually found out about the bullying from Melinda and transferred her to Our Lady of Help Catholic School. What fun! Oh, Lord. Don't you want to go to Catholic school where they hit you with rulers? Um, I had it worse. I was homeschooled. By my mother. Who I love. We love her dearly. We love her dearly. So, hashtag love mom. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so she went to Catholic school, but that didn't stop them from seeing each other, of course. So, um, yeah, so unfortunately not, unfortunately transferring schools did not help Shauna in the end. Uh, Melinda asked her, oh, sorry, June 10th, 1992, a very cold night in the winter, Melinda asked her three friends to plot revenge against Shonda. Interesting. So, we have these three friends. This is Lori Tackett, she's 17, Hope Ripley, 15, and Tony Lawrence, who is 15 also. So, the four of them drove to where Shonda was staying at her father's house, and and they would tell Shonda that they were going to take her to see Amanda as a ploy to get her out of the house. And she trusted Melinda. Yes. So, um, we're going to take a break for a second. Alright guys, so we're back. We took a brief break. So, I'm showing Aaron a picture of Melinda Loveless. And honestly, it looks terrifying. She ugly. (laughs) She looks like a cold-blooded person. She does. And she got out. She got... Yeah, we'll... We'll cut that part out. (laughs) Of course. Um... So Melinda and these four girls, or these three girls, decide to lure Shonda out. And honestly, I'm not sure why that Shonda, like, trusted trusted that. But I think also she trusted them because there were three other people with her, not just her alone. I don't care. If somebody that doesn't like me pulls up and says, hey, get me, yeah, get in the car, I'm going to take you somewhere... No, I'm good, thanks. I'll walk. I'd rather walk (laughs) than get in the car with you. Thanks. Okay, so they all get in the car, and they tell her that they're going to take her to this place called the Witch's Castle. Would you get in the car if someone told you I'm going to take you to the Witch's Castle? Nope. And if I'm in the car, I will jump out the window if I have to, to get out of there. Yeah, I might do that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, so they all, so Shonda agrees and gets in the car with them, and then they take her to this remote area called the Witch's Castle, where it's, like, a very wooded, dense area, um, but to Shonda's surprise, there's somebody hiding in the back seat. Can you guess who that is? Who? Melinda? Ding ding, yes. So Melinda is hiding in the back seat with a butcher knife. Wow. Under a blanket. Wow. What sadness. So Melinda doesn't jump out right away because she's afraid that she's going to spook Shonda and like make her get out of the car. Uh-huh. So. Okay. So she they drive down the road for a little bit and then. They, then she jumps out and is like, if you don't, um, if you don't break up with Amanda, I'm going to, like, cut you. Oh my god. Wow. 
So, um, Shonda can be, uh, sorry, they're, they remember Shonda, like, being scared and saying that she wants her mom. Mm -hmm. And then they laughed. Wow. And then they, so they drove her there and then, you know, Shonda jumped out and said, you better confess to stealing Amanda from me or I'm going to do this to you. Mm -hmm. And Shonda was in tears and in fear for her life, of course. I'm sure. I would, too. Especially if you're going to take me to the witch's castle. Take me to McDonald's. Right? Or a cheap date. You know what? Take me to Chipotle, okay? If you're going to slaughter me, at least take me somewhere delicious. We're weird people. <laughs> yes, that would, that would be better, but, you know. Nobody promises they're going to take you to McDonald's instead. <laughs> Can I have one less good meal? <laughs> <laughs> We're the worst people. <laughs> Anyways, um, back to the case. So, um, they drove to the witch's castle, and then for the next seven hours, most horrific events would unfold. Um, the three girls that Melinda, Melinda, <laughs> Melinda, was joking, saying that she was just trying to scare Shauna into breaking up with Amanda, but for the next seven hours, she did not do that. Melinda hit Shonda with her knee and and Shonda bled rapidly from her mouth. Wow. These are like teenagers. Mm, mm, mm. You would think like an adult would do that. Seriously. Not so, just like some teenage girls. Yeah. So what else did they do? So they did that first and then while the other girls were hiding behind the car um, the girls were not pleased so they tried to cut Shonda's throat. But the knife was too dull, so they weren't able to do that. And the four decided to stab her in the chest. Yeah, that's why I said graphic content. In the chest. Can you? Okay, so they did that. What do you think about that? Well, that's crazy. Just really this, do do that? yeah. Uh, why? Children. I know. Just in general. Yeah. So they eventually decide to throw her in the back of the trunk while she has all these wounds. And they all went to Lori's house. This is one of the girls. Okay. I think she's 17. Okay. And they decided to drink sodas and clean up while Shauna's laying in the car. Who would do that? Just act like, do la di do, whatever. Oh. I'm going to have a soda. Wow. You want a Coke after that event? We're the worst people. Anyways, no, they're the worst people. Okay. So they, you know, Go in the house, clean up while Shonda's laying in the car. And Shonda's still alive at this point. Wow. Yeah, and Shonda's screaming in the trunk. Mm -hmm. So the four girls realized that she was still alive. Mm -hmm. Where were the parents? In the house. In they the didn't even notice. How? I'm sorry. Were the adults? No offense to the adults listening, but how stupid do you have to be in this situation? <laughs> I know, right? And so... They realize that she's still alive, so they obviously have to finish the job as, you know, murderers do. Mm-hmm. The worst people on the planet. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. I mean, if I kill somebody, I would probably just jump off a cliff myself. Right. I would be like, yeah, sorry, gotta go. <laughs> Unless it was self-defense or something. You know, like, they were doing something to me. I'm not just gonna be like, yeah, well. <laughs> Anyways, so... They decide to stab her more times before leaving her there and driving off with the other girls. Wow. They just left their so-called friend. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah, so they left her in the middle of nowhere. And that doesn't end there. Doesn't end there. No. So. Ooh, that was fun. <laughs> in the more... So they decide to go back and 
cause more mayhem to her. So Melinda is the key player in this story because Melinda decides that enough's not enough. And she decides to beat and then assault Shonda with a tire iron. You know what kind I'm talking about. Yeah. Shonda wasn't... Shonda was still alive. Mm-hmm. After all this. Oh my and god. That and that doesn't end there. Seriously? No, this is uh, five hours they've been doing all this. In the nighttime, probably like two in the morning. Oh my gosh. So Melinda decides, you know, that obviously that's not enough. So in the morning, the girls went to a gas station, bought a two liter bottle of soda, but they emptied out the soda and put in gasoline. And you wonder what they're going to do next with that. It's not fill up their gas tank. That's mm. for sure. Children. Yeah. Children. Gosh. Okay, so they then took... So Shonda is still in the back of the trunk. And so they plan to set fire to Shonda's body. While she's alive or is she dead at this point? Oh my gosh. So so they drag Shonda and beat her beat-up body back to the remote location... And Shonda was only able to say mommy at the time. Poor thing. And they laughed at her and mocked her. (sighs) Pretty sure I've seen some articles about that. So then Melinda decides to pour gasoline on her. Mm. In the other two, like the youngest, are not as involved. They didn't even really know Shonda. Okay. Lori didn't even know Shonda. She was like, "Oh, I I don't really know her. Like, I just met her at this on this night. And I didn't know what was gonna happen, but I don't believe that because Melinda discussed with them that they were gonna be doing this beforehand. That and I'm sorry. Even if you don't know, even if you met that person that night." You still do something to stop them. Call the police. Call somebody. Yeah. If you're witnessing this, really? Yeah. Wow. No excuse. Yeah. Oh. So the girls watched her in agony and finally confirmed, in fact, she was dead. But mm-hmm. they didn't know for sure, so Melinda wanted them to go back and pour more gas on them. Oh. On her, I mean. Oh my gosh. Why, why, why didn't Melinda do this? No, Melinda did. Oh. Melinda did the extra. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was Lori and her basically doing all of this. Gotcha. And the other two girls were like, oh, you know. Gotcha. But I don't know why, if they're there, why wouldn't you try to stop it or do, call somebody, do something? Because they had phones then. Exactly. Well, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have cell phones, but I'm sure there was... Something they could have done. Yeah. But they just stood there and acted like nothing's happening. Like, while this poor girl is getting, you know, abused. Yeah, seriously. So, you know, they watched... They watched... (laughs) They watched her in agony. And then finally confirmed that, in fact, she was dead. So, after that event, the four girls decide to go to McDonald's and eat brekkie. Eat breakfast. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? eat sausage biscuits or whatever and then so at breakfast they tried to act normally after this event and act like nothing happened an hour ago i'm sorry how do you act like you didn't just totally mutilate somebody like i would be first off devastated i would be in tears And second off, really? McDonald's. Just uh, the entire situation. Just. Ugh. How could you eat after that? I would not be able to eat for like 10 days, 9, like a whole year probably. I'd be like fasting. Right? That's the only time I would not be able to eat. <laughs> so, sorry to laugh. That, that was a joke. But anyways... Um, so then they decided that, you know, they looked at the breakfast they had 
and they looked at the sausage and they were like yeah it kind of looks like Shonda's body and they laughed about that yeah I know her face is in shock Aaron's anyways so they did that and they were like haha look at this wow this looks just like Shonda that is disgusting so they you know finished their breakfast and they left McDonald's but the same at the same time there were two hunters that found Shonda's body in the wood wooded area mm. Okay. imagine walking up on that that's just horrible I would probably pass out I don't know what I'd do Anyways, so they eventually went to the police station because they couldn't keep it a secret anymore because, you know, f- things were cracking down. They were cracking. Mm-hmm. Can't keep a secret that long. But before they did that, they decided, oh, I'm going to tell my friends. What? Yeah, so they told Amanda, who was Shonda's little girlfriend. Uh-huh. Or not little, but girlfriend. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we did this to Shonda, but don't tell anybody. I'm like, Amanda loves Shonda, so why would she keep that a secret? Seriously. And Melinda thinks nothing hap- nothing wrong happened. What? Yeah, she's like, she got what she deserved. You know, wash your hands clean of it. Wow. So eventually, Lori and Melinda decide to go to the police because they can't keep it a secret anymore uh-huh. because people are starting to be like, yeah, you have to tell somebody yeah. and can't, can't keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. That would be a hard secret to keep. I know. Somebody else's. Seriously. I can't keep my own. I know. <laughs> I can't keep a secret from you. Yeah, I know. I know everything now. So, the four girls were eventually taken into police custody and arrested. Each girl was charged as an adult, but given a plea deal. Why? Plea deal? Yeah. Oh my god. So, they, um, they got a plea deal, and then each girl was charged as an adult, obviously, and the younger girls received a lighter sentence due to the fact they were less involved in the crime. And honestly, I don't think that should have happened. I think they should have got some more, you know, not just like, a, yeah. not just like a few years because they stood there and did nothing. They yeah. need to be held accountable. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, let's see. Yeah. So, unlike Melinda, who did have a big role in it hope and tony received 20 year sentences and tony got a 50 year sentence five. late no 50 years in 20 years five zero yeah wow that's crazy that is crazy so um eventually it was dropped down to nine years for both girls and both girls were released in 2000 uh 2000 i mean Wow. But um that's just Hope and Tony the the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um Melinda and Lori received a 6-year sentence for their involvement, which should have been a life sentence. Seriously, because they did the most mm-hmm. of everyone. Um so Lori said that she did not um she did what she did, dear sorry, having a hard time talking. <laughs> She did what she did because she was peer pressured into it. I don't care what kind of type of peer pressure. That is no excuse at all. None whatsoever. That is just ridiculous. Do you think their sentences were fair? No. Not at all. What would you give them? Um, I mean the younger two? I mean... <laughs> 20 years might be, but to get off at, you know, early, 11 years early, that's just insane. Melinda, you know, definitely should have gotten a life sentence. That's just crazy. Just crazy. Yeah, so 
Tori, Tori, I'm sorry, Lori, so many similar names, Sim, similar, whatever. Anyways, so, you know, Tori said, peer pressure, that's what I'm going to say. And then she said she had no idea what was going to happen that night. And knowing that she did not know Shonda and she did not know that she would do any of this to Shonda. Even though Melinda discussed everything with all the girls. So how do you not know if you knew? Yeah. When she told everyone, like, hey, we're going to do this. And she publicly said that she would do that to Shonda. Publicly said this and nobody... Yeah, remember at school she said she threatened her and was like, oh, I'm going to ruin your life. So, um, basically we're getting to the end of the case. So basically, Melinda... No, sorry, Lori was released from prison in 2018. And why? Why? No, I'm saying I don't know why. Oh, wow. I'm saying that's crazy. Like, why would they release her when she did that? Wow. Is Melinda at least locked up still? Well, Melinda only received like 24 years. And she got released in 2019. Oh. My. Gosh. Yeah, right? And um, so basically, um, Melinda and Lori had a very rocky childhood. And they had a lot of trauma, but obviously there's no excuse for what she, what they both did. Not at all. No excuse. And um, so, you know, Melinda was released in 2018 after serving, I said 25, I mean 26 years in prison. Shonda's um, mother said when she met Melinda that she could not see anything in her eyes. Like, if you look in someone's eyes, you know, you can see, like, I don't know, emotions or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look at your eyes, you look tired. (laughs) We're tired. Same. We are unwell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... Yeah, so Shonda's mother basically was like, yeah, I don't see anything. It looks so empty. And she's like, I want nothing to do with Melinda. I hope she, like, rots. But that's not the end because, actually, Melinda, while she was in prison, she was training dogs, like, for a program for, like, healing or something. Don't know how that's going to heal her after that. Seriously. Anyways... So, Shonda's mother eventually decided to adopt a puppy for Melinda's program to train in honor of Shonda's memory. She adopted a dog from the woman who killed her daughter. Mm-hmm. And named her, like, Shonda or something. No, I think she named her Angel. I don't remember. Wow. So... Yeah, so that's where the story ends, and honestly, that's a lesson to, like, lock your kids up. (laughs) Keep a close eye on your children, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, like, when I was growing up, I had, you know, like, a strict childhood. I think we both did. Yeah. You know, it was very, like, sheltered. Mm -hmm. Well, I wasn't, you know, strict, strict, but my parents definitely kept an eye on me. And I do, you know, think that it's harder nowadays to keep an eye on your kids because social media is a great thing. It Mm -hmm. keeps us connected. But it's also hard on kids. Um, You know, it's... Internet bullying is a thing. And it is so much easier to bully somebody through the computer nowadays um, than, you know, school bullies back in the day um and it's just there is no excuse for bullying uh you know I don't care if you had a rough childhood I don't care if you know you're bullied yourself there is no excuse at all um and you know parents keep an eye on your kids if I had kids of my own which you know hopefully one day I will, but, you know, I plan on not being strict with them, but I hope that they will be able to talk to me about things and willing to open up and, you know, 
God forbid if my kid ever gets bullied, and I will stop talking there because, um, yeah. <laughs> it might be a little crazy. <laughs> so, honestly, I feel like the lesson that we learn in this case is that, like, yes, you can have a rocky childhood and things like that but it's not an excuse for doing such things to humans like we all have to be kind even if you don't like somebody mm -hmm. like okay someone found someone new to love and respect and you know you might be jealous but you don't need to act like that mm -hmm. and Melinda's you know in the recent years she's like yeah I acted out of character but it's too late now mm mm, -mm. You know, I honestly, I do believe in forgiveness to an extent, but you can forgive, but obviously not forget that horrific time because, yes, you know, it might be like, oh, I did this and, you know, there's forgiveness, but also it's like, think about the victim's family mm -hmm. and not just like, oh, this is why I did this. Like, I was peer pressured. Okay, you can be peer pressured, but you don't have to be like, um, I'm gonna act out just because I'm being peer pressured. Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pressures. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. keep your kids under lock and key. <laughs> well, again, I don't think it's lock and key, but give them a safe place to be able to talk to you. Parents, let your kids know that no matter what, they have a safe place. They can come to you. They can talk to you. I think that's the biggest lesson, is you can't be judgmental of your kids. You can guide them in a good parental way, but judging them is not, you know, it doesn't help the situation. Your kids are under enough pressure as it is. They don't need their parents who are supposed to love and support them no matter what, they don't need their parents judging them on top of everything else. Um, you know, and it's just... Parents, keep, keep an eye out on your kids, but give them a safe place where you can talk to them. That would be my biggest message. I mean, you have a point because a lot of parents, I mean, not to throw shade like your mom says. <laughs> no, toss. toss. We toss shade around here. Yeah, so not to toss shade at parents or, you know, my parents, but a lot of times, like, when you have problems as a kid, they're just like, oh, it's a, you know, it's just teenagers, hormones, mm -hmm. puberty, you know, what have you, depend on, you know, your gender. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, when I was a kid, like, I have depression now. I'm like, well, I thought I was just, you know, a normal kid. Like, I'm like, do all kids think like this? Yeah. I'm like, am I crazy? Because when I was a kid, it's like, we went, you know, both of us grew up, like, religious. Mm -hmm. And we, um, you know, went to church every Sunday, like, things like that, very mm -hmm. involved. And, like, if you go to church and you're like, oh, I see these things. Not see. That sounds wrong. <laughs> that would be bad. Don't. You know. Anyways, if you're like, oh, I feel like this. They're just like, oh, pray, do that. Which is good. Also, you know, you can pray. But also, it's like, sometimes people need a little help with medicine and therapy and, you know, anything you can do. Talk to somebody. Even if... You can't talk to you like your parents, but not all parents are understanding either because, mm -hmm. like, when they were kids, like, that was frowned upon. Like, they thought, oh, you know, you used to be institutionalized. Mm -hmm. If you had, like, chronic headaches or, you know, seizures, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. people would, like, send you to an institution mm -hmm. instead of giving you the help you need. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of people think, oh, this will pass. No, no, I mean... It doesn't always, you know, pass. No, and the scars from your childhood, you carry with them, with you into adulthood. Like I was saying earlier, I didn't feel comfortable with my ears because I was bullied as a kid. I did not feel comfortable about my pointy ears until my most recent boyfriend 
basically forced me to feel okay. And, you know, thanks to him, I am more comfortable with my body. And you gotta find somebody. You might not feel comfortable talking to a therapist. And that's okay. You know, all throughout my preteens and teen years, my mom tried to get me to go to therapy. I was in and out of therapy, you know, all that time. And I would sit there with the therapist and be practically quiet for an hour during the therapy session. And, you know, if, if my mom were in there, she would just sit there and talk the entire time and I'd be quiet. Um, and it wasn't until this last year when I finally took it upon myself to get the help that I truly knew I needed um, that, you know, I started opening to a therapist. And, you know, again, if you're not comfortable talking to a therapist, that's okay. If you're not talking, or if you're not comfortable talking to your parents, again, that is okay. But you, you have to find somebody. Either, you know, a friend, and true friends will listen. Again, Joy and I have been friends for five, six years. And even though we had a rocky past, or have a rocky past, you know, I know I can talk to her about anything. And we have. We have talked about practically everything under the sun. And, you know, we are best friends and I love her like a sister. Um, and, you know, I, I finally have people that I can talk to. And, you know, I encourage... I encourage everybody because everybody does need somebody to talk to. So I would encourage if you don't have somebody, find somebody, you know, and if you need encouragement, there are so many programs out there to help. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's right. I mean, we've been friends for seven years or more. Honestly, I don't remember. But anytime we have any problems, like, we talk to each other and we'll be like, oh, I'm feeling like this today or that. And um, even if it, we think it's silly, mm -hmm. we still try to help each other. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm the same with Aaron. Like, I was like, oh, I don't want to go to therapy. It's for losers or you know but nowadays it's like it's becoming a you know it's more like more socially acceptable thing yeah mm -hmm. and I also think like with social media a lot of people put pressure on themselves to like be perfect mm -hmm. and you know life is not set up like that no not at all and so honestly in this case it's definitely less than to treat people more kindly and you know seek help if you need it and don't be a bystander mm. you know like mm -hmm. those two girls like look out for each other like in this world because it's a scary place mm -hmm. especially with all the technology we have all the issue world issues you know so we definitely need to be more aware mm -hmm. of everything you know absolutely, absolutely. so we're actually going to end it here because we've been talking for a while <laughs> and it's been a good time but um we're gonna say goodbye so I'll let Aaron say goodbye next and whatever you want to lead with you can link your TikTok <laughs> if you want or yeah. say it and then people can follow you and whatever you want uh I don't even know what my TikTok is she's not sure of her own TikTok <laughs> we'll wait for her So we're just going to shout it out so that way people can follow you and get to see your face. Uh, okay, it is nerdy, N-E-R-D as in dog, Y, burr, B-U-R-R, -R, zero, four, nine, three. Yeah, so what kind of stuff do you do on TikTok? A little bit of everything. Um, I love jump scare stuff. I love to jump out and scare people. It's one of my favorite things. Um, but you know, a lot of funny skits and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
also gonna give a shout out to my wonderful boyfriend if that's okay that's fine (laughs) uh his tiktok is nerdism n as in nancy e as in echo r as in roger d as in dog i s as in sam m as in mary is that it it's not like numbers no okay So we're all going to say goodbye and you guys have a good day and we'll be back. Well, I'll be back next week with another episode. And honestly, I couldn't do without Aaron because I get nervous easily. So probably when I do my next episode, we're going to be like on video chat and we'll be on mute. (laughs) Well, like both of us will be on mute. So that way, well, I'll be on mute. Yeah. No, whatever. Anyways. This has been a mess express. <laughs> we'll say goodbye now. And I don't know why podcast the ending is always so awkward. That's what I've been told. Yeah. So let's yeah. say goodbye together. Peace. Bye. Bye. Love y'all. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.